0: Hello and welcome to the Ever Widening Circles podcast, designed to give you more joy, less fear, and no end to the evidence that a new era is opening. We want you to hear from thought leaders in a wave of goodness and progress well underway in the world that almost no one knows about. This podcast will give you hope for the future and help you take control of your life online. I'm Dr. Linda Ulrich, founder of Ever Widening Circles. Since 2014, we've written thousands of articles about insight and innovation going completely uncelebrated around the globe. And along the way, I've been having these incredible conversations with thought leaders that we are now sharing. Today, we're gonna meet Bill Courtright. Bill is a highly sought after international speaker and a coach specializing in the arc of concepts that can lead us to living better lives. Today, he is one of the country's top experts in stress mastery, and he's going to tell us why we're going to we're going to really focus on on the stress and the mastery part of that equation. And that all falls under the umbrella of physical health, mental health, spiritual health, the whole big picture. Bill is really covering all the bases for us and making the world a better place with his insights. So welcome, Bill. I I really feel bad because the scope of your work is so huge. How would you describe yourself?
1: Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me, Linda. I really appreciate being on your show. We've gotten to know each other over the last year or so, maybe even a little bit longer. And I want to tell you, I'm very impressed how you've taken your message out and and really helping a lot of people. I have a lot of people that follow you. Oh,
0: that's great!
1: And also your philosophies, by the way. So I've had a lot of people that I've talked to and coached and worked with on how to how to change their social media by through the sharing. And so I just wanted to thank you for that before we got started.
0: Well, I got to tell you, Bill was one of the people that believed in the message before I was delivering it, my very best. We were just chatting just for a few seconds before this podcast. And Bill Bill believed in the message and me when it was early in development. In fact, I think I clicked a pen most way through. And yeah, you
1: did. We, I laughed because when we did an interview, you were clicking a pen. It's so I yeah. just laughed. It was fun. Those are fun interviews.
0: Well, I'll tell you, you know, I've been a connector on a human-to-human level as a dentist in a really unusual way, keeping the, the humanity and healthcare for, for 30 years. And that's a different kind of expertise than the way you, you connect with the world after a thousand podcast episodes. You're nearing yeah. a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. I think, Bill has yeah. an amazing podcast that I've been on twice and I'm telling you, uh, you are an early adopter, if not a, a a charter member of the conspiracy of goodness that I'm talking about.
1: So, well, thank you very much.
0: Yeah. So, so okay. So. Bill, one of the things that you and I always talk a lot about—we could just run off on—is this understanding ourselves, our physiology, our mm-hmm. our history as as as, a, as an animal, as a species, where we started, where we're going, all that stuff. And I love this 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 stress mastery concept. Right. But first, tell us. Give us a good overview of how you view stress.
1: in Okay, sure. Yeah. So I've been looking at stress. I kind of discovered it in 1990. And I didn't discover stress. I discovered what it really was physiologically. And I was looking at blood work. I was working as a, a family practice PA. And I was looking at blood work. And I could see that there was a reaction into the body from the mind. Now, this is not a big new concept. But I've spent these last decades understanding the human being. And so if we look at us as human beings, Linda, we understand more about how our phone works, our computer works. We know how to update our operating system. We know all these things, the technology, but so few people understand the human being. And the human being is hardwired for behavior. And this behavior is dictated by what we hold in mind. And what people don't understand is that behavior are the actions you take or don't take, they're actually programmed because you're a human being. And there's two parts to like stress mastery. People ask me, mastery, what is it? Mastery is the ability to perform a skill without a thought. It's like when you learn how to drive a car. Eventually, you master it. You don't have to think about putting uh, the ignition key in or setting your mirrors or putting on your safety belt. It's automatic. So that's what a skill is. It went from you learning how to drive to developing a skill. Well, stress mastery is the skill of conflict resolution. Every time you get upset, every single time you have a negative energy, that is a conflict. That is a program activated, a program that you were not born with. And this is what causes people stress. So if we look at stress mastery and we look at the human being, we every human being goes through a process of programming, every one of us on the planet. And this process was developed 200,000 years ago when we were gathered hunters and we were surviving as tribes. Process can't be bypassed. It's always in effect. And these stages of development were made very popular by Dr. Robert Keegan and Dr. Lisa Leahy. They did decades of research on how the human being developed. And the stages, stage one is called the impulsive mind, and it is a stage of recording your environment. And here's what people don't understand, Linda. Aristotle said it best. Give me a child until they're seven years, and I will show you the man. And this is our human, every human being goes through what's called this theta programming. And I'll tell you one of the best teachers on this is the father of epigenetics, Bruce Lipton. You want to understand this very well. He's a good teacher on this. He's a biologist that really understands the programming. But why is this important? So after age seven, what do you get? Well, you've recorded your environment. You have an identity, your ego. You also have a guilt program. Guilt was a very important energy for our ancestors because it's a, it helped us self-regulate our relationships within a tribe. But you also get your comfort zone. So let's say your environment those first seven years was full of drama and chaos and things like that. Do you realize that your comfort zone is drama and chaos? And that's why as adults, things will start going good for you and you will sabotage it or create drama. And you don't even know why. The reason why because a human being is hardwired for behavior. And that behavior is dictated by what you hold in mind. So these stages of development that Dr. Keegan and Dr. Lehe came up with are showing us that stage one, we get our programming. Stage two goes to age 16 years. This is called the imperial mind. This is the stage where that programming is set. Your self-esteem is set, your estimate of yourself. Your self-worth is set, what you believe you're worthy of and your self-image is set in how you see the world and how you believe others see you. And then we go into stage three. Stage three is where our ancestors survived. It's called socialized mind for 200,000 years. And the reason the tribe survived that long was they had a unified belief system. Everybody believed the same thing. And that kept the tribe working as a unit. The individual was part of the unit. And it wasn't until 10,000 years ago, when we went from being gather hunters and we became farmers in the agriculture age, that clans, tribes started to come together. And when it came together for the first time, the human being became stressed out. The human being was not stressed out for 200,000 years. Yes, they had stress as we do today, but they weren't stressed out. And that was where the big change came 10,000 years ago, and it's still the same thing that we're feeling today.
0: Okay. So so the 10,000 year mark is the advent of agriculture. Yes. When our tribes yes. our tribe went from 17 to 120 people yep. to hundreds of thousands that we very often, we couldn't possibly know all of them. So this, and then we all develop different values because we weren't forced to have a unified belief system. Right. Tell, tell us a little bit about that and maybe yes. the lead bill about how it relates to how social media is making us feel yes. right now. So what happened,
1: <coughs> excuse me, what happened is tribes came together. And so now you have unified belief systems of tribes, but now you have different tribes. And for the first time, they go against the perception. So that's stage three. All of you have gone through it, creates a perception of how you see the world. You see the world through your belief systems. And this creates an expectation of how the world should be. When that expectation is not met, you go into re- you go into frustration, you go into resentment, and eventually you fall into guilt, regret. And here's the thing. This is we're hardwired for behavior. The behavior is dictated by what we're holding in mind. You're holding a perception of your world and how it should be in your mind. So, ten thousand years ago, when clans all started to mix, we had different beliefs, we had different values, we had different ideas, we had different rituals, we had different we had different caste systems. We had all this changed. Now, fast forward to today. Our body works exactly like it did 200,000 years ago. We have what's called the human construct. It's the operating system of the human being. And our mind gets programmed the same way it did 200,000 years ago. The human being is built for survival. And so when you see social media, if you're not working on yourself and understanding what we're talking about, the moment you see a post that you disagree with, you have stress. The alarm system goes off and you are, because you're, it goes against how you perceive it should be. And you go into what's called defend and attack. And that's the conflict activated. And when that happens, you're not running, you're actually running your life, your ego, your, your voice in your head is running the show, Linda. Wow.
0: Now that is so you know, you and I did actually meet in March of last year. And that is so parallel to what I discovered on this journey to create this, this website, Everwinding Circles, is that when we go to the internet on autopilot, we are using these operating systems that are 40,000 to 200,000 years old. Yes. When these parts of our brain were very useful, they protected us in a really physically perilous world. Now, we don't survive
1: without it. That's why. That's why it's so hardwired into us. We have to, if, if you don't understand that, you're never going to find health. You're never going to find personal development, and you'll never find joy. You can't find love, joy, and peace if you cannot master who you are. And it's you're there. It's being blocked. Your awareness is blocked by all this programming of what you believe should be and that should the moment you step into a should it's your perception and you will defend and attack that perception if you are not awake that's what i'm trying to do is awaken people so they can see this and understand it because if you understand why you do what you do or why you don't do what you should do it helps you change it's not it's not you you know willpower is such a nothing to do with willpower people nothing you're talking to a, I was obese the first 20 years of my life. I lost a hundred pounds two times. And then finally at age 20, I lose 123 pounds and now I'm going to be 60 and I haven't gained a weight back. Did I all of a sudden get the willpower button? No, I started learning how to master stress. That's the key. Stress management doesn't work. It's impossible to work. Mastering stress is a very different, it's about building a skill of conflict resolution. Every conflict, if you resolve it, you can't be stressed out. It's impossible. To have a problem, you have to have a story. Ask yourself, who's telling the story? Pause, slow down, look at who's causing that story and you'll see a voice in your head. And that voice is telling you, wow, this is really bad. Or do you remember when this happened last year? Well, what if this happens again next year? And here we are stressed out in reaction, defending and attacking. That's what we see going on in social media all day long.
0: And then, of course, we engage in it when we go to the Internet on autopilot and let these 200,000-year-old impulses in the driver's seat. Yes. This is just what I... Yes. Our- my message is about, you know, go to the internet and then before you click on anything, pause.
1: And that's it. That, that's a key because if we look at the human construct, the operating system of the human being, every human being operates the same way. So when we look at, there's five parts to this construct. The first part is what I call the human survival system. It's your nervous system. You're either in a red zone, alarm system, or you're in a green zone, recuperation system. Now, here's the challenge Here's our biggest challenge as human beings is you can't stop stress. So we live through our perception. We just talked about the programming, Linda, right? We live through this perception. If anything comes into your environment, anything that does not match that per- perception, the amygdala, which is, the, it's actually scanning your environment, sets off the alarm system. And it happens in one of a second. You can't stop it and so this is what the construct looks like when this happens part one the alarm system red zone turns on part two is the stress loop the program is held in mind right so it goes off in the head brain communicates to the heart brain the heart brain changes its variance and communicates back to the head brain what is that it's called a stress loop you now feel the stress and that brings you to part three. And this is important. This is the mind identity. In part three, the question is, who controls the conscious mind? Is it you or is it your ego? Because if it's the ego, that's going to enhance the red zone. And it's going to bring you to part four, the body identity. The body supports the mind. Over millions of years of evolution, the body is designed to support the mind. When that alarm system is going off, Every cell in the body is getting you to fight or flight. And this sets part five of the construct. And it's called your identity base. When you're stressed, that identity base is event. You're in, you're in judgment, your perception, and you're in reaction. And when you're in that state, you're stressed out. You are not in control.
0: Okay. Let's back rewind just a little bit. I've seen mm-hmm. enough of your work so that I understand this red zone, green zone concept. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really a great, I'm, I'm an artist, so I'm always thinking in terms of metaphors, analogies, mental pictures about the world around me. And I remember when you first started always talking about the green zone, the red zone Mm -hmm. and all that, I had to dive in and I found a very good diagram that simplifies it. And it's by Mm -hmm. psychiatrist that you mentioned, David Hawkins, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So tell, give us a little tiny synopsis of this red zone, green zone concept, because I think we all will recognize our moments if we just take yesterday, for example, a yeah. day that you remember. Yes. After, While well, Bill's describing these red zone, green zone mm-hmm. moments, think about how your day went yesterday. Yes. And, and how we all live in these different states of sort of angst.
1: So when we, when we look at this and I'm going to use your, your way to do social media and the internet by the pause. I'm going to use that. Okay. Okay. So we look at the, the first part of the construct is the nervous system, the nervous system. The red zone is a sympathetic nervous system. And once that red zone kicks in, you see how the construct changes. Well, let's, let's understand we can't stop stress. So let's look at the way Dr. Linda teaches us to do social media. So you go into your Facebook and you see this post you totally disagree with and can't stop it. The alarm system goes off. So that red zone goes off. Immediately, the stress loop is gonna connect and it's gonna bring you to your mind identity. Now, the question is, who's gonna take conscious mind control? This is what mindfulness is. This is what presence is. Now, what Linda teaches us is if we pause... We now take conscious mind control, and guess what happens? We break the stress loop, and the nervous system switches from the red zone to the green zone, the parasympathetic. Now watch the construct. Green zone is set, parasympathetic. Part two, stress loop is broke. Part three, mind identity, you have conscious mind control. You are in the now. Part four, the body identity switches. The vagus nerve is activated. The three brains connect, which are the head brain, the heart brain, and the gut brain. And your physiology is calm. The body supports the mind. And now the identity base is event, awareness, response. Now you can look at that Facebook thing and you can say, well, how am I going to respond to this? And sometimes the response may be you putting out something positive. Or sometimes the response might be, I just need to let it go because I can't control this. See, here's what happens when you're in this state, you're taking care of you. Every single disease from diabetes to heart disease to dementia to obesity is caused from stress because it's the stress state of the body. But the body is just supporting what you're holding in the mind. And so the key is having that awareness to break the stress loop. And that's what stress mastery is. In stress management, they tell you, go get a massage, you'll feel better. The challenge is if you come out of that massage and you get stressed out in traffic, you've done nothing. Stress mastery and what I teach, the steps of stress mastery, is about removing the blocks of awareness. See, you weren't born with stress. So you weren't born with negative programs. You were programmed. Guess what? We have the power to change that. We can release the programs that block awareness and create new skills, skills of diet, Exercise the way you set the day, skills of pausing when you do social media, these are habits and skills that support the focus, the growth focus. So, we talked, Linda, on the red zone, green zone. In the red zone, you're in a fear focus, in the green zone, you're in a growth focus. The fear focus restricts you, the growth focus expands you. The human being, for 200,000 years, the only time they went into the fear focus. When there was true danger, otherwise they had to be in a growth focus to survive. They had to forge, they had to find water, they had to find food, they had to find, you know, shelter. They had to be focused to do that. So they were always in the green zone. They Ah. were never, they were always living in flow. They weren't living. Now, when a danger came in, there was no thought, boom, red zone kicked in and they went into and they escaped. That's the way we're supposed to work. That's why it, you, being a doctor, you understand that this stress response is an explosive energy.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm actually a dentist, so.
1: Well, you still have to go through medical school. <laughs> they still still teaching you about right. They're still teaching you about people
0: yeah. well, coming in and, and and in the first few minutes. Every patient is in the red zone. Oh my
1: I God! Are. Nobody's afraid of one profession more than the dentist. Yes.
0: <laughs> Ever? Yeah.
1: Ever? So, yes.
0: You know, you've helped me frame my life, my professional life's work, in a really important way by by introducing me to these concepts is that, you know, almost every patient that ever came to see me was in their red zone. Every single one.
1: There's not a single one that wasn't. Not one that wasn't in a red zone that saw you. And
0: I never realized until I met you and learned about these concepts that my first job in the first minute was to help them get to the green zone, to trust and to, to yeah.
1: feel. remember when we first met, you were telling me how it was, I don't know even know if it was an interview or we are just talking, you were telling me how you were different dentists because you would take your time with the people yeah. and you would sit and talk to them and get to know them and create a relationship. Well, that is why you're successful because there isn't a single person who walks into your office who's in the green zone. Not one. It's just, again, the human being's hardwired for behavior. They're going into a place where there's possible pain or possible, li- and nobody is. So, the only way that you can get them in a the green zone is you got to break the stress loop. Yes. You do that by changing their focus from yes. fear to expansion. And you did that naturally. The first yes. time I talked to you, I saw that you did that. And so, and, and people heal faster. We can't heal in a red zone. So, even when you're working as any type of doctor, especially a dentist, the people heal faster when you keep them calm and put them through this and say this you know and it's it's magical to watch what happens when it's done right
0: i uh, you know the insights here could apply to all, you you said a great thing right before we started i'm going to take a really quick break because i want to dive into some of the the, the great subjects that we that we chatted about for a few minutes right before we started okay. that are- Super practical for everyday life starting today in this crazy world that we're living in right now. So let's take a quick break from our conversation to hear from some people that are doing a great, great work and, and helping support Ever Widening Circles through their, through our relationship with them. Now, here's a company doing truly great things in the world. Mighty Nest. Mighty Nest goes through and tests all the supposedly green products out there and has a website full of only the absolute best, the companies who are putting their money where their mouth is and making truly sustainable, high-quality, and safe products that actually work. Their Mighty Fix subscription box sends you new products each month so that you can take steps towards sustainability in your own home without the hassle on your end. We send products directly to you every month like reusable produce bags, stainless steel food storage containers, bees wrap, and more. So if you're thinking about going green at home, you can get rid of the headache of not knowing who to trust by just subscribing to The Mighty Fix. We are a Mighty Nest affiliate, which means that when you subscribe to The Mighty Fix, we get a small commission. So you can support the planet and ever widening circles at the same time, all the while receiving incredibly researched sustainable products for a great price. You can even use the code mighty now to get your first box for just $3. Go to everwideningcircles.com backslash partners, or use the link in the show notes to subscribe to The Mighty Fix So great. All right. We want to get right into some practical advice for people. What we were talking about before the break was a lot of things to do with the kind of complexities that we're all dealing with every day right now, that everything from how our expectations Mm -hmm. are tripping us up during what might be normal, normal ups and downs in life are now so much more c- complex mm-hmm. because our expectations during this pandemic have been shifted. Talk, I, I want you to talk a little bit more because I, I heard your podcast the other day about expectations. It was marvelous. Uh, talk to me some more about expectations.
1: Yeah. So anytime we set a should, you know, a should is uh, something that has to be tied to an outcome right? So when we look at, this is the new year and there isn't a single person on a planet who doesn't set new year's resolutions, whether they formally do it or consciously do it or unconsciously do it. It's just part of the new year. That's the way it works. Now, when we do that, we set expectations. There has never, I'm fighting the first week of this new year, people, and I'm talking high level people. I'm talking people that run companies with thousands and thousands of can't get into the momentum they're having trouble getting into the momentum the new year and the reason is because of the pandemic it changed everything and it's not changing back it changed our culture of the way we communicate the way we connect, the way we look at health everything's changed so we have an expectation <laughs> on New Year's Eve oh finally 2020's over oh 2021's here and guess what it's the same exactly expectations. Now, there's a big difference between expectations and intentions. Expectation, when I set an expectation for my child, my child, this is what I expect of you, and they don't meet that, you automatically create resentment. And then you may say something or do something and you'll go into regret. So the, the expectation has a pendulum swing. I always talk about red zone, green zone, pendulum swings. That's a pendulum swing. So, But if I set an intention for my child, this is what I intend in this and they don't do it. I can separate myself from being in a negative energy and I can teach them from courage, from neutrality, from willingness, these higher green zone energies on how to get better. I still have an intention for their behavior because I, my job as a parent is to guide them in learning conflict resolution. Right? So when we have expectations and we do it all the time so people go in and they go on a diet they want to lose weight they have an expectation to lose weight and it's great the first couple weeks but what happens when you step on that scale after a few weeks and there's no weight loss well you have an expectation i should lose this this and this and when it doesn't happen you go in and you swing into frustration frustration is desire energy of the red zone But it's a strong one that puts you in anger. Now you're mad. Oh, this damn diet doesn't work. This doesn't happen. And before you know it, you sabotage yourself, you binge, and then you fall into regret and guilt. Guilt, as we said earlier, is the anchor of the ego. It's what keeps you stuck. And and so when we look at this and we think about expectation, people, you have to know how to set goals. Because if you set outcome-based goals, you will always be... Sad. Even if you gain a million dollars, it'd be like, oh, that's it? You know, identity based goals is about learning how to set the intention connected to these states of being. So, what Dr. Hawkins, you talked on Dr. Hawkins, he created a map of consciousness. There's higher states and there's states of being. The challenge we have in our society is we have expectations instead of states of being, expectation of love. In a moment that that expectation is met, the person that you love this week, you hate next week. So love is an energy. It's a high energy. It's a 500 energy, but it's not an emotion. It's a state of being. Joy is not being happy. It's a state of being. Peace is a state of being. And so when people really are in love and they really have a lot of love, you can't put it into words. It's a state. When you're in expectation, you can say, I love that person, but if they leave their socks on the floor, I want to strangle them. That's not love. That's an expectation. And you're building up resentment. And all this stuff is playing out unconsciously. It's the human being unconsciousness. And so our expectation is always our perception of what we believe the world should be, should not be, should do, should not do. And that's built through your programming that you carry in mind. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. And it, and it also ties into something that I'd like you to comment on that I talk a lot about. I, uh, I, I've been interviewed by a lot of media outlets, TV stations and so forth in the last year because of the book coming out, Happiness is an Option. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I guess that's newsworthy in these times that someone should publish a book called Happiness is an Option. So in many of these interviews. People ask me about, you know, ha- how, whatever do you mean happiness is an out- is an option? Are you looking at the world with rose-colored glasses? And for me, it's because I really have let go of my expectations for other people's behavior, and I get curious. And I would have the same amount of contempt for all the world around me as anyone else, but I really work on changing contempt to curiosity. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you're driving at. Yeah, you're-
1: I think you're absolutely right. You know, it's like I, my wife calls me the why guy. I got to know why everything happens. I want to know why this works, why this happens. And and when we look at that, when you have contempt, you're in judgment. Remember you're your event, Judgment reaction. And that means that you're going to react and you're going to defend your perception and you're going to attack the people that are against it, right? That's the ego people. That's not you. Look, you want to see a perfect guru? Look at a child under age seven, the perfect gurus. If I have a four year old, they're going to get mad and they're going to get mad. And then they're going to, five minutes later, they're going to be fine. It's done. That's right. So here's what, when we talk about happiness, right? See, When you look at study stoicism, I'm a big study of Seneca was a big teacher me in my 20s and stoicism. They teach three aspects of stoicism. One is control your perceptions. What does that mean? Well, that's seeing the ego. That's seeing the voice in your head telling you that you should attack this person because they're different. They don't agree. And then they say, number two is direct your actions properly. What does that mean? Well, are you going to react to it and fight with them or are you going to respond to them? And there's a difference. And then finally, number three in stoicism is willingly accept what's outside your control. You can't control people. When you're in control, you're in defensive attack. And so when we look at that ego. When the ego is developed, there's four wants that it's developed on. The want of, the want of approval. And this creates competition. You feel there's not enough. The want to belong, it creates separation. You think that it's them against us. We've seen that in our country right now. And it doesn't bring nothing but chaos. There's the want of security, that's fear. You see, it's all right to you know create a retirement thing, but when you're fearful about it, you always want security. And this is a big one because people don't want change. This is the one that's really activated people over the last year because things change and you can't control it. Then there's the want of control. In the want control, you know it's activated because you will defend an attack. When you feel you have to defend yourself, you are in the want control. You don't have conscious mind control. And so what Linda teach, what you teach is slow down. So when the ego has conscious mind control, it's very fast. It's very quick. Cool When you slow down, you automatically change the nervous system from the red zone to the green zone. You automatically take conscious mind control. You automatically set your body in calm and you're in awareness. It's always awareness. And like Stoic said, control your perception. doesn't mean that you're not going to get mad. This is what I want people to understand. You can be sad and still be peaceful, right? In fact, if you can't learn to be mad, well, then it turns into a story. What is activated? This is this is stress mastery. The techniques is what's activated so you can release it. The challenge of personal development and all of you that are getting into it and personal growth, self-help is to get rid of the program that causes the negative behavior. It has to be activated. That's why you have to have awareness. You can't get rid of a program laying on a couch for 10 years and, unless it's activated. It just can't happen.
0: And when you're talking about awareness, you're talking about self-awareness. Being yes, in- it's
1: being in, in that present moment and seeing, right? Because we can't stop the, the operating system. So the ego is going to go off. You can't have a problem unless you have a story about a problem. You can have a situation and it's really, yes, you can't stop stress. So the things that we see happening, we can't stop it, but we sure can master it. And that means that's just the way we respond. Response is the you're controlling your behavior. And and so you want to build skills. Now, the great thing about the human being is once we understand this and we reset the operating system by releasing programs that cause negative behavior and instilling new ones that cause positive behavior. For me, one of the things you taught, Linda, I do automatically now. And that was the skill of how I do my social media. If anybody who follows me knows I like everything that's positive I like and I and I share it, and I share it, and I share it. well that was something that now it's a, now it's a skill which means it's a habit because I've been doing it so consistently and so we have to understand that we want to create skills of diet I don't have to think about my diet no matter what time of year it is it's automatic Skills of exercise, skills of getting up and working on yourself every day. I don't have to think about when to wake up and and do this. These are skills, and you if you can understand this operating system. It takes it takes work to create habits and skills, and most people quit way too early.
0: Yeah. Now. That is, is something that, that we could definitely talk about that you are very, very good at, at improving our way of thinking on is getting over that hump, like being willing to do the work. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have become a society that wants it all to work out right now.
1: And yes. yes. And, and we
0: know that you can't be a good writer. You can't be. Well, a that's good- what
1: causes the failure. You were talking about doing your podcast, right? So yeah. Here's how we build skills. We have to go back 200,000 years ago again. And we have to see how is a human being wired to build skills or new habits. So when we start something new, it's a new year, you say, okay, I want to get up at 6 a.m. instead of 7 a.m. because I want to set my day, right? Simple thing. Now, the moment you do that, you're stepping outside your comfort zone. Everybody understands that. But here's the science behind that. When you do that and you start a new thing, you open up the prefrontal cortex of the brain and neurons are going to that prefrontal cortex, right? Those first, there are testing periods of change. The first 30 days, you're going to feel resistance. You're going to want to hit the snooze. You're not wanting to get up. You're not wanting to get up after 30 days. This starts to expand. So the prefrontal cortex expanded through consistent new action, but you don't create a habit that way. At the 12-week mark of when you started, you're going to run into your first conflict. And that conflict's going to be boredom. People get bored. You know, oh, I'm bored with this diet. I'm bored with this. I'm bored. And they don't stay with something long enough to create the habit. So if you get through that 12-week mark, and it'll happen every time. You just mark it on your calendar. When you start something, you get through the boredom. You stay consistent. You have a coach. You have awareness. Then you hit the six-month mark this is very important the six month mark is where i would gain all my weight back in the past why because i had imposter syndrome and so what happens in imposter syndrome is i look in a mirror and i have a body that is light weight's gone but in my mind i'm still fat and we're hardwired for behavior by what we hold in mind if we hold that picture in mind that six month test we will snap back all the way back to our habits Well, what happens if you stay consistent for one year? So you stay consistent for one year. You now, these neurons of the prefrontal cortex, the prefrontal cortex will restrict. These neurons become a program and get dropped into the subconscious mind. The human being is hardwired for behavior, and that is dictated by what's held in mind. Now you get up at 6 a.m., no alarm. It's easy. Pow, it's normal. Everything's normal. And it becomes automatic. But you've got to understand the reason we fail in today's world is we want it now. And unfortunately, the human being still builds skills the same way it did 200,000 years ago. And that's the science behind building habits. So you need to get in a community. Get with a coach. Get with a good friend. Somebody that will keep you consistent. Because here's what I will tell you also. Those stages of development we talked about, that stage three is where we're supposed to stay, right? That's your perception. When you go to stage four, we think, oh, comfort zone, no big deal, I'm gonna step outside. No, it's a hill straight up. It's a mountain in front of you. And every single person who's gonna try to create a new habit, a new skill, are gonna fall. There's nobody who's not gonna fall. And when you fall back into stage three, the way you keep that prefrontal cortex working is you got to get right back up and start again. But let's say, well, you know, I fell. I'll start again next week or I'm going to take a break. The moment you do that, the prefrontal cortex restricts and you go all the way back. you got uh-huh. to start over again. And so when people hit, and, and the one program that keeps people locked in there is guilt. The ego doesn't want you to change. Every time you change, you're killing ego off. And so what does the ego do? Oh, you failed. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. And think about the voice in your head, Linda. People on diets know this. Oh, you've been really good. You deserve a cookie. Have a cookie. And then you eat the package of cookies. So you say, oh, that's okay. You know, I've been really good. And then all of a sudden, the same voice goes to the other side and says, I can't believe you did that. Look at you screwed up again. Now everybody's going to judge you. Look at what's happened. And it guilt you. And what it happens, it traps you back into the old program. So that's, ah. you're absolutely right. It's why we don't create new habits is because we can't change the operating system of the human being. We can't do it. There's no hacks. There's no shortcuts. All these people that are telling you that are lying to you because- it can't work like that. The human being is hardwired for behavior. And we're, we're built for survival. We can't change that. We're not changing in 10,000 years that took millions and especially 200,000 years for the Homo sapien. The Homo sapien was 200,000 years ago. That's what we are today. We can't change it in 10,000 years. It's not going to.
0: Well, and that's one of the points I always make is that, you know, I tell the story of the conspiracy of goodness and, you know, that is who we are. We are the milkman, the mailman, and the neighbor in the Le Chambon story. Some people know yes. the this, this story very well that mm-hmm. there was a small village in, called Le Chambon, France, that managed to save 3,500 Jews from the Nazi concentration camps at no, or no former organization. This little tiny village hid thousands of people for years. And there's a story about an old man standing up at a meeting about World War II and saying, "Hey, do you think I could have saved an entire family in my home without the help of the milkman, the mailman, and the neighbors? No. For every one person saved, there were seven who were rescuers. It was a conspiracy. Uh, of- yes, and that's everything, right? People- and that's everything. We we don't have to be the one that goes out and saves the rainforest personally. Mm-hmm. But if we have some self-discipline, if we seek out somebody who's doing goodness in the world, and we can incorporate that into our habits and our everyday mm-hmm. lives and support it in our in our online lives, we can make a difference in the world. And it's really, so, okay, so I'm not sure we actually touched on this stage four very well, because if we're all starting out in stage yeah. three, and we want to be better people, we want to... Have an influence on our community or better influence on our children. Tell me about this stage four because this yeah. is a point of friction for most of us. We have everybody. Intention. We have such good intention. Yeah. Every day,
1: I agree with you. So
0: tell us about stage four. So
1: stage four, uh, Dr. Keegan talks about is it's named very appropriately. It's called the self-authoring mind. Yourself, okay. you're now rewriting it. So. There are seven steps of stress mastery, and these are not steps that you go one to two to three. They are techniques you practice. They're practices. And so these practices that I teach are designed for you to move from stage three to stage four. And so the first step of stress mastery is diet. Now, this is very different that you're going to hear. What's the purpose of the diet? To manage the physiological stress response in your body to manage the nervous system, red zone, green zone. If you don't eat right, how do you think you could break the stress loop? You can't have mindfulness. The body supports the mind. So that's the key for diet is being on the right diet for your physiology to manage your body so you can break the stress loop that we talked about. Step two is exercise. Exercise is about managing the biomarkers of health. The key biomarker being muscle. And these two manage the body. Now, why is the body so important? Because the body supports the mind. So when the mind is negative, the body goes negative, negative. and so the body will stay negative as long as the mind is negative. And so we have to take care of the body on that aspect. It's not about weight loss, and it's not about the, it's about your body. And so you can manage your nervous system, so you can get so you can get to this stage four. Then number three, and very important, everybody should do this, is name the ego. You don't know you have a voice in your head till you stop and see it. Pause. Slow down. I named the ego years, decades ago, in fact. His name is Barry. So when Barry's acting up and taking over conscious mind control, how am I supposed to break that that third part of the construct if I can't see it? So I've created a name for it. And when Barry's taken off, if I see it, I break the stress loop and I change the nervous system from red zone to green zone. So that's number three. Now, number four, we teach what's called the let go technique. And this actually removes the blocks of awareness. In other words, it's releasing the programs that make you negative. You weren't born with the negative. You understand, nobody was born with So you're releasing them. This technique allows you to release them. Number five is the green focus power hour. This is how I have my early students start each day. And it's a series of six exercises that build skills that keep you in the growth focus. They support your growth focus. Skills of reading, skills of affirmation, skills of journaling, skills of visualization, skills of meditation, and exercises built in there also. These are skills. We talked about habits that you will build, and these are habits that keep you in the green zone. And then step six is meditation. Now, meditation is the answer to every single problem on the planet because meditation is really an exercise to build the concentration muscle to build awareness. We meditate, not that anything you do while you're meditating is gonna change. What changes is when you're in your social media and you have built the awareness muscle that you can see the ego, that's what meditation does. It builds the concentration muscle. And it leads us all to step seven of stress mastery is called find the now. That's when you take that pause before you go into your social media and find the now. Stress mastery is the skill of conflict resolution. If every time you get activated and 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 there's a stage five, and stage five is stress mastery when it's automatic. So imagine if every time you got stressed, you automatically switched over because you have built the skill to do that. That's true stress mastery. Now, stage five is called interconnected mind. It's when you're over the ego. You can't get to stage five unless you master stage four. Stage four has five life categories that must be mastered. And this masters what's called the cage mind. The cage mind is what holds your subconscious and conscious mind. These categories, career, finance, health, relationship, and personal and spiritual development, all have to be stage four. So a lot of people I work with are very successful people, yet they're unhappy. And it's usually one category that makes them unhappy relationship. The relationship was programmed the first seven years of her life, how they perception of what relationships are. And that's the program, because if you don't master that, per, that particular life category, you can have a great time at work. And the moment you go home, you're back at stage three. You can't get to stage five without mastering stage four. You can't jump from stage three and pray yourself into stage five. The human being hardwired for behavior, you got to go through the processes to change that behavior
0: so now when you're talking about processes you know this is what i love about your concept is that you've uh, you know i'm familiar enough with your work to know a lot of the terminology that you laid down it are paths in different mm-hmm. directions of insight and they're long paths and they're they're compounding they're sort of they have a compound interest thing going on so I'm hoping that what people take away from this, this conversation is that Bill has so many paths to self-insight and to living with more joy and less fear that if any of this sort of struck a chord, he has so many places where you can connect with more of, on that one thing that seemed to give you an aha moment. So Bill, give us the 10,000 foot look on all the ways that your insights are being shared with people. You've got the podcast that goes. right.
1: So we have the podcast, it's called the Stress Mastery Podcast. And it's kind of interesting because we were talking last year, I was supposed to launch all the programs and my launch plan got knocked out from the pandemic. So it made me slow down a little bit and had to rewrite my book. So this year, we're setting the base. And we're, we got new wellness programs coming out. I just, I just finished three years of working with our, my medical director, my partner down in Boca. We got new supplement lines coming out. We got all that. The big launch will be next year. So this year we're starting to bring out. So where can you find us? Well, the Stress Mastery podcast is a free podcast. It's always going to be there. And like you said, it's going to, by the time this comes out, it'll be over a thousand episodes. And so it's, it's a lot. Anybody who's done a podcast, a lot of episodes. And it's got so much in there, in there for you. Now
0: it's the five days a week thing, because I think that's really,
1: even if
0: you only have Wednesdays or you only have one narrow path.
1: Yes, sure. So what I did with the podcast, we broke it up into five days. So, and it's 30, usually about 30 minutes is what they are. And so day one is Mondays and it's called Mondays with the super millennial. My stepson, David, who's been my partner through all this, takes our topic. We have a topic every single week and he puts the millennial spin on it. And so we have a huge millennial following. And so he has that huge following. So Mondays is David's show. Tuesdays, we do what's called health huddles. know, we're talking on health, talking on body, diet, exercise, whatever we're talking about. On Wednesdays, it's meeting of the minds where we go into personal development. A lot of things that we've talked about today. Now, Connection Thursday, it's called my deep day. And I go more into the spiritual aspects of everything that we teach. And then Fridays is our book study. We'll take three to four books a year and we will go through the entire book and we will sit there and we will study with the audience and that. So, that's the podcast. Now, the community.
0: Before you go on, I want to put a plug in for your book study because you have studied some really important yes. books. Two things that I want people to look at in the show notes that we've just barely had a moment to skim over is this concept of stoicism. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most people have kind of heard. I, I have a good German aunt who people used to say, oh, she's so stoic. Well, yeah. stoicism is not a religion. It's a way of of thinking about the world that's two thousand years old and still relevant. So there is a lot that Bill does on stoicism that you can that we can all learn from. That I, I'm really really interested in this year. My husband and I start every day with a book on daily thought on stoicism, and you were doing things like Ryan Holiday's book. Yeah. You know it the enemy.
1: No, still this is yeah. I've done enemy. Yeah, gosh, I go back. Yeah. I've, I've been so many years. I actually did the Ego's the enemy, and I just finished this new one. I didn't realize now that you mentioned it. I did both those books. Did yeah. you yeah.
0: do the obstacle is the way?
1: I, I haven't done the book. In fact, if I reach behind me, it's certain... <laughs> you know. So I, I am. So how did I get into stoicism? Is that I'm very, very lucky in my life. You know, when I lost my weight, I was in college, and I, I met this guy. And, and I lost the weight because I got diagnosed with diabetes and the doctor flat out told me I'm 20, told me you'll be dead or, or be blind by the time you're 35. That's how bad it was. So I'm two, I'm five foot seven. I'm 278 pounds and I start losing weight and I meet this guy in college. I'm up in Wisconsin, Northern Wisconsin, and he's from California and he was there, um, just for a short time taking studies and he was a bodybuilder. Now the late seventies and early eighties. There's no book, somebody, but there's nothing, but he looked so weird. Like, oh my God. And I followed this guy around for months. I I I I absolutely stalked him because I wanted him to teach me. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't talk. He was always very stoic, never really talked much. And that finally I bothered him so much he took me in. And then he tried to kill me. But when I came back, he was so <laughs> surprised that he took me and he mentored me. So before we worked out, now remember I'm a 20-year-old kid, Linda. Before we work out, we always had to pause and we studied Seneca, who, who all this stuff I and, I, and so I had to do what he told me or I was kicked out. And there were no gyms, by the way. We traded in this guy's basement. There was no gyms in those days like that, right? And so we started always with meditation and studying Seneca. Now, I thought it was a bunch of crap, I'll be honest with you, because all I wanted to do is learn to work out. I'm a kid. I was so excited. So, But it really would be years later that all of it started coming together for me. And so, I'm like I said, I like stoicism. And in my coaching, I build it into my coaching because it's all about rational thinking. It's all about everything I just talked about. It's about really mastering the human being. It's really mastering the operating system of the human being. Like I said, it's about controlling your perception. It's about directing your actions properly. It's about willing to accept what's outside our control. It's everything to let go. And so, yeah, I I love stoicism a lot.
0: (laughs) You know, and Bill's an author in his own right of some amazing books. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have to say, now, see, I'm I'm always trying to get people started on a path, you know? Mm -hmm. if people want to start learning more about your work, what what book of yours do you think you, would you like them to start with? Would you recommend Probably
1: the The Ten Minute Life Plan teaches you about the Green Zone and things like that. Yeah. But I think you know because even that information, my original book sold one hundred sixty thousand copies, came out in two thousand nine, called the Stress Response Diet. Is you can't buy it anymore. I took it off the shelves. Mm-hmm. The reason I took it out, I learned my lesson was. Because it's wrong. <laughs> At that time, it was right for me. But as I started, I, and we had these medical clinics, and we did this whole program with four thousand patients, and I learned so much more. And then what I was teaching in that book was not relevant to what I. So I've learned. And I'm going to tell you, we have a community called the Stress Mastery Community. You go to stressmasterycommunity.com. You, it's a paid community, but it's only twenty four dollars a month, just so you know. But you could come in for thirty days for free you come in and in there, I got all the courses. I've got everything in there for where you could find out your body type, what's the right diet. I got books in there on all this stuff. We got courses and it works exactly like social media. So you have posts, you have coaches working in there. You have modules in there. It works. We have positive things going up. We have people airing things out. You have, I think seven countries, different countries in there, but you have a wide range of age groups and it's something I haven't marketed yet. I've not marketed this is it's something that's going to support the new programs that I'm putting out, but it's just grown so well and it works on your phone and your devices and everything else. You come in there if you don't like it after 30 days leave. It's okay. I may, so you can come in, you could take whatever you need out of there. I, it teaches them about the energies that Dr. Hawkins taught. It teaches them everything that we talk about. So basically what I get For coaching one-on-one, because I don't hold a lot, I get anywhere from thirty-five hundred to five thousand a month for coaching. This is everything I coach in here. Now, and you do have people that can keep you accountable, people that will work with you and everything else too.
0: Well, you know, this we are looking for people. We were looking for the helpers right now. Mm -hmm. I, I I am teaching people that that's the way to recognize what to click on in social media.
1: Mr. Rogers, right? Look for the helpers. Yeah, love
0: it. Helpers, Mother yeah. used to always say. Yeah. And so you know that's why I wanted to chat with you on this podcast because there are people in this world that are definitely the helpers, and some things that I do or you do or all the other wonderful folks that I, I'm interviewing on this podcast do are going to resonate at certain for certain people at certain times in their life. Mm-hmm. Yes. But what I like about your work is that there's so many places to plug in that
1: peace of mind is possible. Oh, yes. You know, we were born to have peace of mind. I I just we weren't born to struggle and suffer people. We weren't. If you watch a child, they could be upset and they could be sad, but that won't they won't hold that. And the reason they don't hold it is they don't have an ego. So they don't have they have conscious mind control. They don't have control because they're getting programmed. But we're not supposed to struggle and suffer. That's not what the human being was supposed to do. You know, we were we were brought on this planet to, to fulfill our roles and our purpose for the betterment of the whole. And that's society now. We're not in tribes anymore, but we're in one big human being tribe. And that's what we're here for.
0: And, you know, that brings us to the last question I always ask people. You know, in this tribe that, that I, I think that you're leading this, this group, I think that you're a charter member in the conspiracy of goodness because you've been working so hard for so long with so much rigorous intention to help people see a better world and live a better life. Tell me, so the, the byline of our everwideningcircles.com website is, it is still an amazing world. Mm -hmm. what proves to you bill that it's still an amazing world
1: when i when i work with people and and even people in the community when i see them shift when i see them create this awareness and they see oh my god i could change this i don't have to suffer so i and, and that's another whole show i grew up in a very abusive childhood Very physical and emotional abuse. And I didn't talk about that for decades. And then about five, six years ago, I started talking about it. And all of a sudden people came out of the woodwork is how do you let that go? And when I see people let this go and they finally can wake up and be in peace, that is the most amazing thing to me. I call it shifting. The coach is called shift coaching. They shift their consciousness and they realize that, wow, I don't have to suffer. I don't have to struggle. I can live my life and have joy and peace. And it doesn't matter what happens in your outside circumstances. You control everything within. And when they get that awareness, Linda, it I can't tell you how much I love to see that shift in people.
0: Yeah. And that does prove it's still an amazing world, that mm-hmm. we can change.
1: Everybody can. There's not a single person listening yeah. to this who doesn't have willpower. Not a single person listens who can't change. You have to understand why you do what you do. Forgive yourself for being human, I guess, because you can't change it. And then start your actions out. Start building new skills one thing at a time. Name your ego and just start seeing it. Now, it might make you a little maddening when you start to see how much that damn ego talks. But you're right. It's it's everybody can. Anybody can change it. If I could do it. Anybody can. That's why I tell people, come on, man. Really? I get to do what I do every day. I love waking up. And I didn't come from money. I didn't come from success. I didn't come from education. I came from a pretty interesting start, an interesting start. That's what I'll put it.
0: As we almost all do. This is the Mm -hmm. thing that I think the last year has definitely brought a unifying notion to us all that we're all ordinary people. Past our expertise, we're all ordinary people. We put on our pants the same way. The virus, (laughs) there's nobody who gets to escape this by some level of privilege or anything else. So, thank you so much. Thank
1: you so much again for having me. I I, I just, we could talk for hours, as you could see.
0: Okay, so (laughs) I had three pages. I'm holding up three three (laughs) pages of notes that we didn't get to half of them. So, we are going to have to do part two. two
1: Anytime, anytime. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think so that's only fair that you should do part two with me.
1: That's it. Same uh, thing happened on my show. It was like, Oh man, we can't get this in. And, and yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's good though. That's a good thing. That's not a yeah. bad thing.
0: So, uh, you know, we are looking for the helpers, the thoughtful people and Bill Cortwright Is certainly one of them. So connect with Bill's work with any of the links below in the show notes. And uh, thank you so much to our affiliate partners they prove that it's still an amazing world too. So a couple of quick odds and ends for the ever-widening circles world right now. You've heard Bill and I talk about my book, Happiness is an Option. That is on Amazon or wherever you would normally get books. And (laughs) I'm just, I I feel better and better about the world every time I go to that that book and see the reviews people are leaving because it points to, to me to the fact that there are still plenty of people who want a better world, who are doing extraordinary things to make the world a better place. And anybody who who picks up that book will have a better worldview. And that's how we all open a new era. Is if we stop, Bill and I didn't even get to talk about the stories we're telling ourselves. That's definitely what we're going to talk about next time, is this whole storytelling thing but the happiness is an option will improve the stories you're telling yourself about the world and then the big news is that i have a recent ted talk that's just launched i was honored to be the closer for one of the largest most important tedx's in the country tedx naperville it's a 12 year endeavor that has some unbelievable people every year and so that that ted talk is called exposing the conspiracy of goodness And in 12 minutes, your worldview will be improved vastly. And you will have the tools like Bill is describing so often. It's it's so great to have some tools in your toolbox to create your own reality and and future. So check out Exposing the Conspiracy of Goodness on the TED.com website. And I hope that you connect with all kinds of people in that conspiracy these days and share their work. Pause. Ignore the negativity seek signs of goodness and progress and most of all share it thanks so much bill
1: thank you very much for having me linda